Alright, welcome back to the fourth and final Nickel Boys podcast. Today, talking will be... Jesse Wilson. Christina Castan. Nick Edwards. And Cole Rosno. For this podcast, we're going to be talking about the ending of our book and what loose ends got tied up, how are the characters affected by the change in the end, and how will life go on or not. And then in the end, we're going to um, uh, talk about our final statement and how it responds to the question, to what extent does trauma, tragedy, and adversity build resilience? And what key parts would be to what extent and build from resilience? Now, um, I'll be talking a little bit about the real Nicole Boy's background. So basically, the Nicole Boys Academy was located in Florida, and it's it was a reform school, uh, just as it is in the book. Uh, for a while, it was the biggest reform school in all the United States, which means that it was like a pretty big school. Um, the school gained a reputation for abuse, torture, sexual assault, and even murder of students by the staff, which we can also see... Uh, the book talking about and because questions of the amount of murders uh, the state authorized a search that led to 55 burials and a hundred known deaths and then uh, a lot of boys were accused of crimes they didn't commit and some were just sent to the school for minor crimes also as we can see uh, that happened to Elwood uh, he didn't really do anything to be sent to that school. It was just because of the racism uh, during that time. And then uh, we also found that the White House is actually real. Well, was actually real, luckily. And it's where the kids were being beat up and tortured. Just as in the book. Yeah, I think it is really weird how something like that actually did exist and something that bad was happening, or especially around this area. You'd think that something in the free world would be less, you know, harsh and just some, that's terrible stuff is happening. But I think the, um, I guess, standards were a little bit different back then. I th- think that people thought it was okay to send their kids there or like let their kids go there because um that's what they thought would discipline them if they took them to a school like that and nowadays if that was happening that would get shut down right away and there wouldn't be as much like torture of like less than like um like killing people and hurting the kids at all like I think it would just be different standards, and people thought that was okay back then to do that to kids. But still, like, um, the state knew more or less what was going on, and they knew that they might have been, like, killing kids. And I think it's very different to, like, um, hurt them to, in a way, to, like, discipline them instead of, I don't know, I just think that killing them is not an excuse. Yeah, along with uh, what Jesse said, with um, how it's just, it's odd and it doesn't seem real that um, all those kind of schools existed and the fact that they were everywhere and there were tons of them and 
like Cole said, everyone just kind of thought it was okay, and it was, uh, you know, it was an okay place to send your kid when really it was just the opposite. So basically, what we have read in this last segment of the book um, is that a group of inspectors go to the Nickel Academy. And basically all the personnel uh, working there decides to make some changes. They paint and they give them better food just to like give the inspectors a better impression of the school. So then the dynamic kind of changes between them and the students. Uh, we also read about how Elwood tries passing on uh a letter that he wrote. Um, Turner kind of helps him with that. So he finally gives one of the inspectors um, the letter. And for that, he gets sent to the White House. And then Turner kind of goes off and rescues him from there. And they escape together to Tallahassee. Um And sadly, uh, the personnel working in the school they find them, and they shot and they shoot Elwood. But Turner finds a way to escape and run away. And when Turner escapes, he ends up running to New York, and in New York, he takes um, Elwood's name as kind of a comrade. Um, like that relationship between the two friends there to respect it and carry on his name and life goes on for Turner in New York with creating his business and his furniture business and he still keeps in touch with some of his friends after the Nickel Academy got caught and was put out and then Life does not go on for Elwood because he got shot by those people when they're running away. Um, yeah, but I guess people can argue that Elwood wasn't, quote, resilient because he never bounced back from the challenges that he faced. But in the end, he's kind of living through Turner. And, like, just by living... Under his name, you can say that Elwood is resilient in the end. So our first question today is, what is changing and who or what is propelling the change? Um, I believe that the main thing that changed is the arrival of the inspectors to the school. And then that makes all like the school personnel um change some things and it changes the dynamic between them and the students i believe that the change or another change is that when the setting so when um the main character runs away from Nickel academy and he goes to new york i believe that that is the big change in these chapters Now we're going to be discussing which uh, loose ends got tied up in this last segment of the book.
So yeah, as the book came to an end, we saw that um uh, uh what's his name? Turner was actually um taking over Elwood as his name and he got his social security number and his birth certificate printed off and um the main struggle that ended up getting like resolved was he really had nobody to talk to about his times at um his times at Nickel Academy and um when he finally met his wife he was um relieved because he said that he didn't want to die alone because he knew that um Nickel Academy would be the last thing on his mind and that's not what he wanted so he was able to finally open up to somebody and uh, finally believe, tie that loose end. I believe that that took a lot of pressure off of him and made him get rid of that um, built-up pressure to open up to someone and express himself. Yeah, I think, it, uh, I think it was cool um, that Turner uh, took over Elwood's name um, after Elwood obviously uh, didn't make it uh, from their escape. So Turner just uh, took his name because obviously Elwood was brave. Um, he was resilient. And just to, for him to be able to um, write that letter and then have the guts to uh, want to give it to somebody just to try and expose the Nickel Academy, try and overthrow it. Um, so I thought it was cool that uh, Turner knew that it was right to uh, take over Elwood's name. Um, <clears throat> I agree with all of you, but I do think that the main uh, loose end that got tied up was when um, <clears throat> Elwood finally decided to write a letter and then give it to the inspector when they came, even though he didn't personally give it to the inspector, but Turner did. All right, so our next question will be, share some definitions we found on resilience. So Jesse's going to go first with this. Yeah. So the definition I got was easily adapts to, change, to changes. Another um, definition that I came up with was perseverance. And one that I found would be toughness. This one fits pretty well because you have to be like either mentally tough or physically tough to get through whatever your challenge may be in life. And then the one that I found is recover quickly after an issue or a challenge. Third question we have will be to find resilience through our own personal experiences. And right away, what one jumps out to me would be the past year of 2020 and pretty much everyone has been getting through their own personal experiences and their own difficulties just with wearing the mask 
environment changes for everyone. Um, work changes, school changes, um, sports maybe. And I think that we are all a little resilient from just getting through the year. Um, I agree with what Cole said. I think that 2020 in general has been a tough year for pretty much everyone. There's a lot of people that have lost their jobs and because of the COVID thing going on. Um, also, I feel like we can see a lot of really resilient people that have lost their family members and still have managed to survive it and to go on with their life and accept that COVID is something that we have to live with now until we solve it. Yeah, I think uh, just going off of what Cole said with the sports, um, I can definitely um, relate to it. Um, as uh, two of my soccer seasons got canceled, um, one I didn't get to play at all, and the other one I got to play about four games. So it's hard um, trying to stay active and do things I like. And that can be hard for other kids too because they might not have any other uh, way to stay active and stay healthy unless it's a sport that they normally play. And again, building off Cole, school this year, especially for the college students, I think, um, not getting that full experience of the classes in person and all the gatherings that typically happen on campus. It's just very disappointing and a lot different than what people are expecting this year. I think that many people became resilient because of it and are pushing through it. And for our last question, it is, to what extent does trauma, tragedy, and adversity build resilience? Uh, I think um, the extent that um, all that stuff builds to resilience is when someone hits a breaking point. Um, I think once, once they hit that breaking point, then they just fall into a hole that's really hard to get out of. And we see that in the book with uh, Cheeky Pete, and he's a he's an alcoholic, and he's just in really bad shape when um, Turner sees him in New York. Um, I do think that trauma and adversity can build resilience, and a good example of that is Turner, because he witnesses how his friend gets killed. And instead of giving up himself, he decides to do whatever he can to continue with his life and make it better, basically. Yeah, I believe that uh, some people with that amount of trauma and tragedy, they have different tolerances to it, depending on what it, how bad it is and how much they're getting. And, like... Some people would snap like Chicky did, and once they do, they do that, it's hard to get out. But as a prime example, Turner, he went through Nickel, and then he had his friend, and he still was successful. 
and it just shows that different people react to different things differently and it's different for everybody yeah um and there is definitely a level at how much a person can take i think that in order to build resilience you need to have some ups during your life and you need to have a event that brings you up and i think one in the book would be them escaping El- or not um them escaping nickel academy and that was definitely a big uh, a big up for them and it was unfortunate to see elwood die in the end but then you can see that like christina said turner built on his life and went on and was resilient but um someone like chica pete may not have had any ups through his experience and that caused him to turn to drugs and alcohol and it really turned his life in a bad direction but there is definitely a level and i think that um a human can only handle so much and if you're constantly being maybe punished in the white house and you're messing things up and you have to stay in nickel academy for the whole 18 or however long you're in there till you're 18 years old and you finally get released that can definitely be a different experience for you going out of it and trying to um like redo your whole life All right, and that's going to wrap up our fourth and final podcast. I would just like to thank you for listening to every single one of them. And saying goodbye for the last time is Cole Rosno. Jesse Wilson. Christina Castagne. And Nick Edwards. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks.